A warning, you probably don't want to listen to this if you haven't heard the previous nine episodes of The Real to Real Deal. There's going to be a brief recap, but that's more just to remind us where we've come from. Here is part ten, and possibly the final part of The Real to Real Deal. My housemate Ben, in the spring of 2008, went to a car boot sale in Scarborough. He bought a Real to Real player, and that Real to Real player came with a Real to Real tape. The sound of a family having a gathering, rather crazy, eccentric, fun-loving Italian called Joe. We're also introduced to Ken, Uncle Leslie, Auntie Shishi, Nana, Uncle Jeff, Audrey. Here we are, unexpected strangers from the future, listening to their private world over 50 years ago. We've got clues, we've got people's names, we've got voices. Let's see if we can find these people. Taking part in this play, Stephen Mainprise, David Cooper, Don Roper and Lindsay Watson. I can find people called Stephen Mainprise and David Cooper living in the Scarborough area. Hello, is that Stephen? Speaking. David Cooper, Lindsay Watson and a Dawn Roper. Any of that ring any bells? Yeah, all of them. Really? All of them, yeah. So it may be that the tape recording belongs to David Cooper then, maybe. He died, apparently. So I went to the Scarborough News online archive site, found their obituaries page, and it said type in first and second name. So I did. David Cooper. And there was one result. If the real-to-real player belongs to David Cooper, chances are he's got a dad called Ken. I decided out of interest on the obituaries page to do a search for Ken Cooper. One result came up. Partner of Kathleen, husband of the late Pauline. Father to the late David. As far as I'm aware, there was no Kathleen or Pauline on that recording. That makes me think it's not the same person. I have found the name Pauline. I found the name Cooper. It's in the recording. We believe David Cooper died quite young. David Cooper lived just up the road from us, obviously because we all went to primary school together. Ken Cooper is partner Kathleen. Well, she should know his life story, even though he was married to Pauline. If we can contact her. The real to real deal. Part 10. Calling Cooper. Hello, David. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm fine, mate. How are you? Very well. So, uh, glad tidings you bring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found, uh, basically, uh, um, she's even though we're not married. Okay. I, Stephen, uh, I'm going to call you back. I don't know if you can hear me very well, but you're sounding like a robot. It's creating extra drama, but you're sounding like a robot. So, oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to give him... I'm going to have to just terminate the call and give him a call. Oh, hang on. Are you back? No, he's gone. Right, it was exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> Creating extra drama here. That is, of course, the voice of Stephen Mainprize, a very mechanised Stephen Mainprize. He messaged me to tell me that he's got some developments for me. But unfortunately, I couldn't hear what those developments were. The phone went dead. I called him back, and this is what happened. Hello. Hello, Stephen. Sorry about that. You you were sounding like oh, a robot. Oh, it added extra oh, drama, but you were... Better. Yeah, you were sounding... I was little... probably talking like a robot. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so sorry, you were saying I didn't get I didn't get any of that. <laughs> we, we we started at hello basically. Right, that's that's right. Yeah, I found a lady who worked for Kate and um, Art Society um, yeah. and asked her for Kathleen Kathleen's number, which she gladly found out. 
Um, I rung Catherine and explained what's gone on uh, yeah. and gave her your website for a okay. list and your blogs, which which was here. Um, she rung me back earlier today, about three o'clock, and said, yes, she's very interested and she would actually like to speak to you. Oh, it's just heightening the drama, this, isn't it? The phone cut dead again, so I called him back up to get the rest of it. But, just to recap there, we've found Kathleen Cooper, the partner of the late Ken Cooper, the owner of the reel-to-reel tip. Hello? Hello. Yeah, uh, Stephen! Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? Hello. I can not... Uh, it's Steve. It's Steve. I yeah, can hear you yeah. now. Couldn't hear you before. <laughs> I have no idea what's uh, going on with Skype. Quick, then. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine, yeah. Right. Oh, I don't know. Phone number. Oh, right. A phone number. Oh, one, seven, two, three. Yeah. Stephen Mainprize gave me Kathleen's number, which obviously I'm not going to put on here. I mean, not that you'd probably be able to understand it anyway. The line was that bad. But eventually I managed to get the number. So Stephen's given me the number and now we fade back into the conversation with Robo Stephen Mainprize. Brilliant. I've got it. I've got it, Stephen. So basically, like, yes, she's... uh, yeah. Yeah. So it. what I'll do is I'll wait. Yeah, I've got that. What I'll do. At last. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what she said was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I think was I think there's a massive delay wait between until us. You set up and then give her a ring. Yeah, I'm going to wait until Skype's a bit more reliable, and then I'll give her a call in, a, in an hour there or so. There is something happening without a doubt. <laughs> right. Right, I know she said she's in all day. <laughs> right, okay. So she's in, all, she's in all day now, so that's it. So Brilliant. I'll leave you with it, mate. There you yeah, go. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, do you want me to try and find... <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> the... Yeah. Um, but brilliant, brilliant work, brilliant. Stephen. Sorry that the All right, then, no sorry problem. that the okay, phones. Then. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a call a bit later on when it when the things have returned to normal on Skype. But thanks a lot. Fantastic. Speak to you soon. No problem. All right. Thank All right, you. Bye. bye. Oh. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine though? Because you know when I first rang Stephen and he had no idea who I was, imagine if it was like that then. I mean, just imagine the confusion. So I was a bit worried that the phone line was going to be too bad in order to call Kathleen. So I did a little test on myself, calling my mobile phone. Hello? Hello, David. Hello, can David. Me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you Yes, I can hear you very well. Okay. Okay. So we should be so okay should to make this call, call to, to Kathleen, Kathleen then. then. And that seemed to work absolutely fine. So I braved it. And this is what happened when I called the number that Stephen Mainprize gave me. The number for Kathleen, the partner of Ken Cooper. Hello. Hello. Hello, can I speak to Kathleen, please? Yes, speaking. Hello, Kathleen. It's David uh, from the... uh, You were speaking to Stephen before in the blog. Oh, you. Right, yes. yes I you are. Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. Yes. Excellent. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Oh, Very good to speak to hear your tip and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been an interesting exploration. You know, when you start You've something... You've done very well. It's, it's led us on a journey, I think it's safe to say, Kathleen. 
Yes, yes, it's been very interesting to hear it all. We've managed to track someone down anyway who's oh, not involved in the recording, but obviously you knew Ken. Somebody who's still alive, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Now that was, I tell you, that was one of the things I kind of hadn't... Couldn't get your head around. Yeah, and I hadn't realised the passage of time. You know, at first I was placing it to like the 1970s, so when you suddenly realise it's 1960s and there's a very real chance that many of the people in the recording won't be alive, that kind of put a very different complexion on it for me. Yeah, Um mm-hmm. But uh, and obviously when we found out about David as well, uh, Ken's son. What about the other voices in the recording then? Stephen was saying that you might know who they are, or because obviously we've got right. Well, from what I can gather, I mean, I know all the dates and things because obviously Ken, having died just a few years back, I had to deal with his estate, mm-hmm. and therefore I had to go through all the papers because he kept everything for the last sixty years. Like I know that recording was taken when he lived up in Stockton or Eagle's Cliff, whichever it was. To me, they're all the same thing. They're all up there somewhere. Um, (laughs) And most of the people on there, from their accents, I guess, to be his in-laws, most of whom I didn't know, because obviously I didn't meet Ken for many, many, many years after this. The only people that he regularly referred to as his in-laws up there were Vi, who was his wife's sister, and I think that Leslie... There was a Leslie or there something was a mentioned Leslie on there. Mentioned, yeah. I think that might have been her husband. But I don't know their surnames or anything about it. Mm-hmm. Now, the Nan referred to Nana. She obviously was a northerner. Um, so that was her mother who was speaking on the thing, saying, bring the child here and all that. <laughs> because the other parents lived in Falmouth. That was definitely baby David. I'll let me tell you exactly when he was born. Baby Cooper, Mayo, born at Robson Maternity Home, Stockton on Tees, on the 19th of April 1960. So as that party was at New Year's Eve, I presume that was 1960 going on to 61. So he would have been about six months at the time. Yeah. So that was definitely baby David in the background. Yeah. What I know about baby David, I didn't actually know David, but I know Ken loved him dearly. He was, as you say, killed by a drunken driver who had been visiting some friends locally and uh, drove up the wrong side of the road, obviously forgetting where he was. Now, I think David was going out for his 20th birthday, if I remember correctly. So he wasn't 21 when he died, he was actually 28. And he was with his girlfriend, a lass called Hazel, Mm. who used to work with the probation service. And they lived at a little cottage in Brompton, right opposite the Brompton Forge, obviously out from Scarborough. And Hazel, I think, went back down south to Portsmouth or somewhere. David was a very keen photographer. He worked at the local printers, ATW Dennis's, in Scarborough. I think he did mainly photography for them. Very popular lad. Mm. So... Do you do you recognise at all the Italian? Americano Capati Bolaki Scabati and Bolaki Mariate. No, that's not an Italian, that's one of his mates. Oh, I right. don't know which one. But I know for a fact that when Ken joined up in the Navy, he had been in the Merchant Navy for quite a while, you know, for a few years, and he joined the Royal Navy. And he said the first person he met off the ship was a lad called Ginger Eddie who lived in the next street from him. 
Right. Now, I suspect very much that was one of his mates yeah. or it was one of his work colleagues. So Italian Joe isn't Italian Joe at all. He's really Ginger Eddie or somebody. Right, okay. <laughs> now, as for this gap in the tapes and why they jump about from time to time, yeah. they left Eagles Cliff in about 1970 and moved down to Scarborough. That's when Ken moved down with BP permanently yeah. down to this area. You know, he kept stuff for 100 years, Ken. So obviously he had this old tape on the recorder and was taping over stuff because I think at one point he says that that's how they recommend to do it in the book, how to tape over stuff or something. When yeah, there's something like the that. Tape. Well, if you record over it, it automatically wipes off, didn't it? Yeah. Well, why will it to do all that? Because this is the way they recommend to do it. So I can only assume that this was an old, old tape that had been lying around with some singing and so on. Yeah. That was Ken singing, by the way. Yeah, I thought so. Out of the blue, when my life is through. He used to belong to the Choral Society up in Middlesbrough, I think. He had a so very, was, very good yeah. voice, really he soaring had, up the octaves and things. That yes. Was, and uh, he used to sit and mumble away to himself when he was painting. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think, clears up the disparity in the tapes, why there's such gaps and why it's jumping about, because I think what they've done is they've taped over bits they didn't want and the bits which they wanted to keep are coming through in between, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because when we go on to this thing about the play, now I thought they were saying that the play was about a day at the railways. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present A Day at the Railways. Taking part in this play is Stephen Mainprise, David Cooper, Janet Ness, Dawn Roper and Lindsay Watson. When I was going through Ken's papers again, he had kept a lot of David's school books, you know, to remind him. Yeah. And there were various little essays there on things they had done and things days out they'd had. And each time they come back, they had to write a little make-up play or a little story about it. So I can only presume that was an adaptation of one of these days had been to the North York Moors Railway or mm -hmm. something of that sort. And when you went on to some of the singing later on, I wondered if, in fact, that was a girl singing or if it was a little boy. I know later on he and three of his friends had a little band going. Uh, they were certainly into music. I think they used to practice upstairs or out in the garage or something. Only while they were at school, like, and they used to do little gigs for school and parties and stuff like this. But that sort of fell apart because they didn't make their fame and fortune. So I suspect very well that uh, he might have been practicing his singing there as well. And have you any ideas why in 2008 this reel-to-reel play would have been sold at the car boot sale? Yes, I have a good idea indeed. We moved here, Ken and I, after his wife died in the year 2000 and I think it was probably about eight years by the time we got up to the loft to clear out all the rubbish. Now I didn't know he had brought it to a car boot sale. I thought we had taken it all to the local tip and at that time at the local tip they were allowed to pour over anything and if it was resellable they laid it aside and people just bought it. So I could only assume either Ken took it to a car boot himself or somebody picked it up at the tip. Yeah, because it may it be that therefore that my friend very briefly met Ken handed over the 50p or pound or whatever yeah. it was. He can't even... Ben, my, my, my housemate Ben can't actually remember buying the thing now. I assume he wouldn't have realised that there was anything maybe of sentimental value on there. No, 
No, because in another drawer, I mean, there was loads of stuff which Ken had, which I never really bothered looking through, quite honestly. I mean, because it was none of my business to look through his mm-hmm. films and things. But he had old home movies and stuff like this as well. Yeah. You know, in a separate little drawer, which we didn't look at because obviously we never had a 35 millimeter projector. Yeah. And I can only assume that he left the tape in the machine or in the box or whatever by mistake. Yeah, yeah. Because anything else, you know, seems to have been kept. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen, for being understanding about it, because I understand it's a, it could bring up certain things, you know, being a bit strange to suddenly be brought into the lime like, like that, you know. Thanks for understanding that, and I hope it hasn't been too much of a, an emotional thing for you or a shock or anything. No, like actually, that. it was interesting because, you know, Kent used to tell me a great deal about his life. Yeah. You know, I knew a whole lot of it anyway. And things like, um, you know, him singing along to those old fogies, as I used to call them. I used to say, pick those blooming old fogies off. Who wants to listen to music <laughs> like that? Um, it's quite understandable. So are you are you more into your metal, uh, Kathleen, are you? Or are you I'm not really into techno? music at all. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know a, a Beethoven from a... Well, I am, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Good reference points there. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, it was very interesting to listen to. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was very interesting, you know, to hear. It was nice to hear Ken again, I must say. Yeah. And you is... couldn't find me because I am actually a Cooper. Um, Are you? My name. Yeah, well, yes, because oh. uh, Ken and I didn't want to get married. So as a sort of commitment to one another, I changed my name by deed poll. So right? I am so speaking that's... to a Cooper. You are. There you go, that's that's brilliant. Lovely to speak to you, Kathleen. Well, it's nice to hear you as well. I was certainly very interested. I mean, it's taken me most of the afternoon going through all the blogs. It's a bit odd for me as well, Kathleen, because it feels now as if Ken is a bit of a celebrity in my eyes. Because, And also, you know, I feel as if I've really got to know him. I know that sounds a bit ridiculous, but his humour really comes across and his, you know, his singing voice comes across and you get his jokes and you get his tone and and there's so much warmth just listening to the the recording and things like that. Yes, he was very popular fellow I mean he was captain of the local golf club and he was captain of captains and he was next on golfer and you know yeah. just one of those generally very nice people that people oh. liked oh well so yes that does come across and I think that's yeah. nice a nice sort of remembrance really oh well thank you so much for your time it's uh, a sort well, of a heartwarming the comp- hard uh, detective work <laughs> no no a pleasure absolute pleasure it's a heartwarming conclusion so thank you yes, very much well, Kathleen and I hope I'll, it's filled in a few blanks anyway. Yeah, and I'll send you I'll send you this in the post tomorrow and it should arrive. That'll be lovely. Soon. Thank you lovely. very much indeed. Oh well thank you, nice Kathleen. To speak to you. you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Kathleen Cooper. You heard how great she was on the recording. There were bits of the recording that I didn't play because we spoke for quite a long time. At one point she was saying that she could get in touch with Ken's brother if I liked and maybe he'll know some of the names. So I said if she was happy to do that, then feel free. But as far as I'm concerned, I think we've got a good conclusion there, really. We've gone from having no idea who this reel-to-reel tape belongs to to now, through a series of clues, listening to the recording, finding names, calling people up whose names are on the tape, making friends with them and allies with them. And then thanks to their work, and also thanks to the work of you people listening, we've managed to track down Kathleen for that recording was made in 1960. A recording that was made 56 years ago. We didn't know who the family were, we didn't know anything about it or anything about the people, and we've managed to track them down and talk to someone who was very close to Ken. As far as conclusions go, I'm happy. I didn't know where this is going to take us. I didn't know if I'd be able to speak to Joe. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous now, but I had some sort of crazy idea of getting everybody who's on the recording in a room and almost trying to recreate that gathering. 
No, I'm not saying, like, act it. Right, so, Ken, you stand up. David, I want you to go over there and scream. Right, because that's what you did in the recording. So I want you in, in the kitchen, and I want you to scream like a baby. Nana. I mean, I knew that all the characters weren't going to be alive. The whole David thing was a bit of a curveball. But anyway, the idea was, I thought we could get a lot of the characters back. I, th- I mean, I can call them characters, the real people. <laughs> all the old characters. But I thought we could get a lot of people back in the room and maybe we could have a bit of a chat about the recording and then maybe finish with a song that they all sing together on the recording. The song from Carousel, the musical. But obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, at the moment it would just be Kathleen singing it by herself, which you're welcome to, Kathleen, if you're listening, if you want to give me a call and, uh, you know, <laughs> sing the song from uh, Carousel, you're very welcome. Uh, Stephen, do you fancy it as well? Stephen and Kathleen, they could do a duet. But anyway, let's conclude with that song that all the family and the friends sing together. A moment that everyone seems to be enjoying. The moment's gone. People have gone. Things have moved on. But we have this moment preserved. And I think it's such a beautiful moment from 56 years ago, just a family just singing. And I find it really emotional to hear. And I think it would be a very fitting way to say goodbye and end this adventure. Thanks to Kathleen. Thanks to Stephen Mainprize. Thanks to Abby and everybody else who's helped out. But let's say goodbye with this song, with the whole family, belting it out, singing their hearts out. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. If I love you Please to us Time and again I would try to say